know who's going to be the starting left tackle against the 49ers. Part of me, believe it or not, doesn't really care all that much. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also happen to do Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Your Steelers are back in action today at St. Vincent College. There's a 1.55 p.m. practice on Chuck Knoll Field. I'll be out there covering that. And then Friday night, of course, there will be a preseason game, an actual football game. I'll be flying down to Tampa to cover that as well. And I fully expect... After all these practices, after all these scrimmages, after Friday Night Lights, after facing the Buccaneers, that the management of this team will not be any closer to any sort of decision related to left tackle. It's impossible, of course, to be looking at what they're doing right now. They've been in pads for only a handful of days and pass any kind of judgment. And they haven't done that. They absolutely haven't done that. But if you're asking me if camp just ended today and the 49ers were in this weekend, the starter would be Dan Moore Jr., just as it says on the depth chart. And yes, I understand the depth charts are never to be taken seriously when they're issued by the Steelers in camp because they always put the rookie at the bottom. They want the rookies to prove themselves. Moore would be that guy. Not to prove any kind of point, not to stick it to the new kid, not to create any sort of competitive atmosphere, but just because Moore would naturally, understandably, be more ready and less uncertain. When I've watched these two in camp, I have seen one guy who looks like he's been around for a few years and another one who looks like he just showed up and is trying really hard to show everybody that he can start. I've reported to you guys, for example, on this show, very specific things that I've seen from Jones where it looks like he's getting a little bit of happy feet, even in some of the more casual off to the side drills, never mind 11 on 11, seven shots, that kind of stuff. He's just, he's the one who's moving before he needs to move. Now, stop right there, okay? Hit pause if you want to for dramatic effect. All right, you have me back on? Okay, we've got that out of the way. Here's the other thing that I'm seeing in this camp that I feel is infinitely more important than anything else I just said. And that is that Jones is getting progressively, gradually, not necessarily rapidly, but surely better. He just is. You see him improving from drill to drill, from day to day. And you see him asking a lot of questions, accepting a lot of guidance, including, I should add, for Moore himself. They've developed a nice little relationship between the two of them. There doesn't appear to be anything remotely resembling acrimony. Moore's been a total pro about this from day one. Can't give him enough credit for that. So in essence, you're seeing what you would most hope to see if you're the people running the Steelers. You want to see Jones continue to 
get closer, inch upward. Make sure that you're learning, that you're processing, and then you're applying. But also, again, don't don't feel the need to push it. And here's why I say that, aside from the obvious. When you watch Jones at his best, when you watch Jones taking on a linebacker, and Marcus Golden, the 32-year-old veteran, has been the one lined up against Jones most often, Jones will absorb the contact and nullify the rush. He's not going to be that pancake guy. He's not going to be that guy who's knocking you backward. He could do that in college. There are some massive mismatches at the collegiate level. Not in the NFL. And he seems to have adjusted nicely, I think, in this camp to the difference. He's not flattening Marcus Golden, okay? Golden's been around a while. He knows how to avoid it. But you're also not seeing Golden really get much of anywhere. You're not seeing anybody, including when he's been opposite Nick Herbig. Herbig's trying to get around you. He's not trying to get through you, but it's not happening. And when Jones succeeds, it appears to be with minimal effort, even if it isn't. And that's ideal. There is nothing more beautiful or blessed within the world of offensive line play than the boring left tackle. That's the dream come true. The left tackle who you don't even know their name because it's never called over the course of a three and a half hour broadcast. That's where Jones is heading. He's not there in the moment, but no conclusions should be drawn from that. Certainly not yet. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Austin, and he says, So, DK, Kendrick Green at fullback. I am very happy for the guy. He went from being a despised draft bust to a beloved folk hero. But will this position change be a real thing? Will it succeed past the preseason? Will it revive Green's career in Pittsburgh or even the NFL altogether? Austin, you know what's funny? I I had picked up on whispers about Green being tried at fullback at some stage of the summer. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't take them seriously. And then... He was utilized in this capacity Friday Night Lights last week in Latrobe, and that, of course, got all kinds of attention from the nation as a whole. And I still didn't take it seriously. It just felt like some gimmicky thing that Mike Tomlin might do to entertain the masses, and there was a capacity crowd of 14,000 there. And But then they go back to St. Vincent College the next day, and he's doing it again. And that's different. 
That's different. That's a trend. That's not uh let's have fun with this. Let's see if Marquise Pouncey can throw a touchdown pass or anything like that. That is practicing. That is putting something into motion. And look, these guys know that there are no secrets in the NFL, especially not with Bill Belichick flying drones all over the country. So whatever it is that they're doing, I'm kidding about the drones, I think, anyway. And as such, they know that other teams are going to know that green is being utilized in this way in a camp environment. Now, if they pull it out Friday night in Tampa, in all honesty, that'd be a little bit weird. You don't see a whole lot of gadgetry in preseason, not just because you don't want to show your playbook, but just because it's, again, it's just weird. So I'm not expecting that. But yeah, I would fully expect the team to look into the possibility of a 315-pound barrel-chested offensive lineman who can legitimately operate as a fullback. The thing that Green has shown in these sequences is the same thing, I should stress here, that had Mike Tomlin and the Steelers as a whole excited about him, irrationally so, I should add, upon his being drafted. They loved his athleticism. They loved the fact that he could snap the football, and they saw, here comes the name again, Pouncey in him. Not of that caliber, but at least of that style, of that athleticism and flexibility and so forth. And they now, they shoved it down everybody's throat, and, and that's I, I cringed a little bit when you described Green as being a despised draft bust. You're probably right, you know, from the fan perspective. But, man, have you ever heard anybody speak a negative syllable about him as a dude? No, <laughs> you have not, and there's a reason for that. He's a good one. And his teammates have loved him through thick and thin. And while all the rest of us were wondering why he's even still here when you're seeing centers and guards and tackles and everything else being added, this, this might have been the answer. He has lined up, for anybody who doesn't know this, as the number two center behind Mason Cole throughout the summertime. Does that mean he is the number two center? I don't know. If Cole were to go down, you might see James Daniels slide over to the left. Daniels has significant experience, including in the NFL as a center. Or, you know, the Steelers thought they could keep Green around in that capacity while they also checked into this other option. And the option is now out there in front of all of us. And it's it's something. You know, you can say what you want about the fullback position fading out of football, but when you have someone who can throw their weight around like that, whether it's a pulling guard or center, or whether they're lined up as fullback, or whether they're just out in some gimmicky role catching a touchdown, you will take that every day and especially Sunday. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.